HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. The world is changing faster than ever, and you need a website to go with it. Whether you're a seasoned pro looking to build your following or just starting out with a brand new idea, you need a landing page that's bold, innovative, and uniquely yours. Whatever your passion, you need a web designer with experience, panache, and heart. We can't help you with any of that. Hi, I'm Lou Bank. And I'm Greg Benson. Are we Silicon Valley tech visionaries? No, we're podcast hosts, and that's basically the same thing. And we're here to tell you about Ancestral Agave Syrup. Ancestral Agave Syrup is the 100% pure nectar of the agave plant. Now, wait a minute, you're thinking, I've had 100% pure agave nectar. Well, not like this, you haven't. That stuff is processed with a diffuser, which introduces acid. Plus, it comes from Blue Weber, a monoculture that dominates farms, depletes the soil, and won't help you grow your brand or expand your e-commerce functionality. Ancestral Agave Syrup, on the other hand, is made by slowly cooking down the pure agua miel from Salmiana Agaves in Hidalgo and Tlaxcala, two states that have been harvesting those plants for generations. It also won't expand your e-commerce functionality, but it will grow your brand if your brand is person who makes kick-ass margaritas or pecan pies or pancakes. Unfortunately, the families behind this tasty stuff are being offered big beer company bucks to rip out their agave and plant barley instead, which would be a crime because ancestral agave syrup is about as far from the processed stuff as 100% pure Vermont maple syrup is from that sticky bottle at a diner. So don't build a homepage from one of several easy-to-use templates, but do grab Ancestral Agave Syrup. Today, our first 25 customers will also receive a special limited edition Agave Superhero comic book. So do not wait. Protect the land, make better drinks, and save the bats by grabbing some today. Go to... Wait, what was that about bats? Uh, yeah, it's an important food source on the migration path of the Mexican long-nosed bat. Huh. Yeah, the flowering stalks of the agave also provide protection from predators. Oh, that's cool. Should we get back to the ad now? Yeah, let's do that. Go to AncestralAgave.com or click the link in the show notes to grab some today. Ancestral Agave Syrup. It won't help you build a beautiful website, but it will make your cocktails taste really, really good. I'm a road trip. 
Time Loop Bank. Ismael Gomez, Like a Spirits and Cruz de Fuego Mezcal. Wow, that was very, very formal. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Gring X bartenders better understand Agave, Agave Spirits in Rome, Mexico. Now, very recently, we had an episode, our 150th episode from season two, the last episode of season two. Uh, we had an episode about uh, different tips for uh, uh, rules for the road trip, right? And one of the things that we brought up was uh, uh, Ben, in fact, Bed from Pensador uh, had brought up ways to prepare for when you come into contact with police officers. Now, in all the trips that I've taken, I think uh, if I do the math correctly, all the trips I've taken to Mexico, I think I've had run-ins four times with police officers. I was in 50% of them. Well, no, no, no. This was, you weren't in any of the previous ones. Oh, I thought you said four. No, no, but but on, on this trip alone, and we're like, we're on day five. We've had three, three interactions with police. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Three? Three. Three interactions with police. Now, the very first one came how soon after we got uh, got started on the trip? Well, hold on. I'll take it back. Two with the police, one with the National Guard, which are considered different, just for the record. But oh. but yes, it's still it's some type <laughs> of interaction with the, with the authorities, let's call it. Okay, with authorities. I like that. Um, so the first one came how soon after we took off, Ismail? If I'm not wrong, five minutes, not even five minutes. Five minutes. And you said that you thought that was because they were afraid that a gringo had kidnapped two Mexicans. Is that uh, right? I'm afraid not. No. So what 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 was your theory as to why why they pulled us why he pulled us over? Well, you or they? Got, I don't know. I don't know how this police officer identifies. I should say they. When I arrived to the car rental station uh, to meet you, yeah, the I spotted you because you decided for some reason to park the car outside and uh, which is not a parking area no uh, with the trunk open and you emergency lights and you were sitting in the trunk which Lou with all respect uh, you don't look necessarily Mexican so it was really easy to uh, spot you my theory about this is that after uh, we left in and we were we were sitting there I was sitting there for probably 15 minutes before you showed up and then you and I were sitting there for I don't know maybe another 20 minutes before Steven showed up right yeah and uh, I felt or I feel like we were uh, ringing a bell saying uh, we're here uh, gringos and uh, we can I give you some money. I don't get that. I don't get how that's ringing a bell more than me driving the car and being driving while white, I guess, if that's a thing in Mexico. Is that a thing in Mexico? I think that's a thing in Mexico. It can be a thing in Mexico. It can be a thing. Um, okay. So the theory is because I was parked in essence illegally for a very long time in a very prominent place, a police officer said, hey, that guy he looks like he might have some money to give me. Is that I, accurate? I can milk that cow. I can milk that cow. Is that a is that a saying in in uh, in Spanish? No, actually, I just came up with it because it makes all the sense. And it I'm does sure make that, sense. Yeah. And I'm sure that someone in the U.S. or in an English-speaking uh, country is uh, doing it or saying it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so he pulls us over, and he says what? 
Uh, he says something about us uh, uh, exceeding uh, the speed limit, which we were going <laughs> quite slow. Uh, but in my belief, he was looking for a reason just to stop us. You know, it, when Chava hears that. this, he's not going to believe you that I was going quite slow. But I really was going quite slow. We were going slow because there were there was no way for us to go fast it, because there were there was traffic. There was traffic. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's why I believe it was for a different reason. And he then says, "Okay, give me your license." And the next thing he says is, like, again, this is Spanish, but the next thing you told me that he said was that the fine was 5,000 pesos. Is that right? 5,000 pesos. 5,000 pesos. And I just started laughing is my recollection. I'm like, no, bullshit. We're not paying. For, I'll give him 1,000 pesos. Uh, yeah. That's what you... And you looked very nervous when I did that. I was not nervous. I was uh, trying to uh, understand the situation because he threatened for him to take the car and <laughs> compound it and for us to go to the court and pay the, the money, which he was going to take us all day. And I believe uh, there were options. See, for us. Right. And I certainly did Get too. out of the situation. Right. Okay. So then what did we do? Uh, we negotiated. What, what do you mean negotiate? Like, literally, what was the next thing you said to him after 5,000 pesos? What did you say? I mean, I know what I said to you, and I'm sure he heard it, and maybe he understood it, or they, maybe they understood English, maybe they didn't. Well, very briefly, I tried to explain to him that we were just visiting, that we were not familiar with the road, which I can assure <laughs> that he can give two shits about it. And, oh, he uh, wanted to see our passports, too, didn't he? Or was, that the, or was that the other guy? No, it was the same guy. Okay. No, he asked for your driver's license. Driver's license. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. Uh, took your driver's license yeah. and took it uh, somewhere yeah. where you could not uh, have access to it anymore. Oh, I could have access to it. I'd jump out of the car and I'd take it. Okay, I would love to see that. <laughs> I would see, well, but this is this is actually, well, okay, so let's, so that's the first one. We ended up, like, I, I gave him a thousand pesos, and I think Stephen was a little bit nervous, and he thought, well, okay, I'll give him a thousand pesos too. And you didn't kick in anything because you're, you're, I'm touching my elbow now and pointing at you. And so as he got two thousand pesos out of us, and we got to go on our way. And, 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 and he told us that we would be fine for the rest of the trip. Is that, he said that he was going to make a couple of phone calls for us not to worry about in the next I don't know how many <laughs> distance he was like you just can keep going don't worry about it I'm gonna call the, the in the radio and saying that you guys already pay the toll so just so just <laughs> to be clear like I was like this is not I'm not trying to tell a story here about what happened to us I'm gonna I actually am and leading to a point and I don't know and this is gonna be I think the uh, the conversation between us um, uh, but I need I need, feel like we need to explain the interactions in order to have the conversation. So then the second interaction, I don't even, like, I remember they asked to see all of her passports. No, no. He what just, was the second one? I forgot. Oh, no, 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 no. I remember. So the, so the second one was when we were driving away from Cholula. And we oh, had two yeah. in one day, right? It was like almost two within two hours driving away from Cholula. I started speeding, actually like really speeding uh, to get around a car that was sort of in the way. But then I hit a bump. And uh, as we were exiting town, there were two cops standing there and uh, and they signaled us to, to pull Stop. over. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So... In the, God, it's so funny. It's, I mean, this happened how how long ago? Like a day and a half ago. Still hard to remember. But uh, in that one, 
they wanted to see our passports. Right, and I believe it's for the for, for the fact that they're also looking for illegal immigrants, but I'm not sure. Right, but but so, they kept asking, like, how do, do we know this guy in the back, Stephen? Do we know him? Oh, is yeah. he with you? Like, of course he's with us. He's in the back seat. Yeah, that was what a very dumb question. Yeah, but 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 in this particular case. Like, I feel like we were intimidated by that first officer in this particular interaction. I felt like we were being, at least I was being even more vocally flippant. Yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the third interaction, you know where I'm heading now, the third interaction with the immigration off or the, the National Guard, where they pulled us over, we went through this giant gate that looked like Stargate, uh, and uh, your theory, and I think it was a good theory, uh, was that they were trying to detect body heat in the back of the car to see if we were hiding any bodies. Um, but they, they flagged us to pull over, and they wanted to see all the passports. Um, and I was making jokes as I was going to the back of the trunk and just laughing with them and sort of making fun of the situation. And they were laughing and they just they they sent us on our way almost immediately. My point being, I think the real secret to getting out of these these hairy situations with authority figures is to kind of joke with them, to make them laugh. This is future Lou coming back in to cut off prehistoric Lou, who thought the whole way to work the police officers was just to make them laugh. But in fact, a couple of weeks after recording this, after traveling with Ismael and Stephen, I was traveling with my friend Rob Lopata, international pig man of mystery. Rob and I, we pull out of the airport same way that I did with Stephen and Ismael in a rental car from Avis. We're driving along on the Periferico, the main road heading into Mexico City. And Rob, Rob is peeking off to the side and he's checking out this police officer on his motorcycle and he's making eye contact. Now, I don't realize that at the time. He tells me this later, right? But I think the making eye contact was also a very bad idea. So, the police officer, he then he then starts giving me the two-finger pull-over sign. He's, his light is going, and he's telling me to pull over. So, I get over to that first lane, right? But Rob and I, we're in a hurry to get downtown so that we can have my favorite breakfast. And this officer, instead of just pulling off to the side of the road, he, well, I'm going to let Rob finish it from here. Rob Lopata? Yes, Lou. What happened? Yeah, he wanted us to take an off-ramp. And uh, I was petrified because I've <laughs> been arrested before in these types of situations, but Lou was definitely not going to have any of it. And uh, definitely seemed like he had been through this before, so he kept driving. And uh, all I really remember after that is that uh, basically I was asking what's the percentage of this guy actually coming back and uh, arresting us uh, uh, along the way. So and you, and you asked that for about the next two days. I thought it was the next three or four days, but I don't, my recollection's poor. Yeah. Okay, and I suppose Rob is right. That police officer certainly could have come after us, but he didn't, which I thought meant I was a badass. But my friend Lydia, now Lydia Carey is a badass. She's a freelance writer and translator based out of Mexico City, and here's 
her story. So we had a pickup truck and it was technically considered a vehículo de carga, right? Which would be like a delivery truck or something like that, even though it wasn't, it was a personal truck of our own. Yeah. So we weren't supposed to be driving in the main lanes. We were supposed to be driving on the lateral. But when we moved to Mexico City, we <laughs> didn't even have smartphones. Like, we didn't have Google Maps. We was, What's the year? Uh, this was 2013. Okay. Okay. So we didn't have Google Maps. We always got lost all the time. And we, were, we would freak out about getting onto the lateral because we would think that we were going to get diverted and have to go someplace else. So a lot of times we would sneak onto the main Carriles, you know, the main lanes and the highways or whatever, and we always got pulled over. And so we got hassled a lot by the police. They would pull us over, they would ask us for money, whatever. So there was one time where we had like everything in order with the truck, and this guy pulled us over and was like, You can't be on this, you can't be in this lane, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Oh, okay, well, uh, so what is the like multa, you know? And he was like, it's going to be wait, like... What is the what? Multa, like the the fee, the fine. The fine? The fine. Not the bribe, the fine. The fine. That's okay. mordida is oh, the bribe. Oh, gotcha. It's <laughs> similar but different. Oh, who knew? Right, so what's the multa? And he was like, it's like 2,500 pesos. So at the time, that was like, what, like $125 or something. And so I was like, okay, can you give me a receipt? I'll pay it, I'll pay it right now. And he was like, oh, the... The terminal, which is like the credit card machine. Oh, it's, yeah. not, it's not working. We don't we don't have a great signal right here. And I was like, <laughs> you don't have a signal? And you were where? This, we were in the middle of the city. Yeah. We were like by like Satellite, yeah. you know? So he was like, yeah, no, the signal's not great. And I was like, oh, okay, well, then let's go to the Correlon. The Correlon is like the, I don't know, like the like impound. Station? It's like the impound, impound for the, call, okay. for the cars. Yep. Yep. And they would be like, well, you know, if we take you to the Correlon, you know, we're going to take your car and you're not going to get it back till Monday. And I was like, okay, but they can give me a receipt at the Correlon for my, for my multa, you know? And the guy was like, yeah, I mean, okay. And, the, and I was like, you go, I'll follow you. He had my driver's license, so I had to follow him. <laughs> You know, I was like, you have my driver's license. Let's go to the Correlon. He was like, are you sure? Because we could just we could just figure it out right now. And I was like, no, let's go to the Correlon. So he gets in his car. I get in my car. I follow him to the Correlon because he's still got my driver's license. We pull up outside of the Correlon, which is like this huge. It's basically a huge parking lot where there's like one woman and she's got like she's in like a little desk, like behind like a plate glass window. And we yeah, basically. And we pull up to like outside of the Correlon to park. And he pulls up beside me and he's like, are you sure you want to do this? Because like, we could just figure this out. You don't have to go to the Correlon, you know? And I was like, no, let's go inside to the Correlon. I'm going to pay the fee and she's going to give me a receipt. So you're at the place. They're at the place. And? At the impound. Yeah. And the guy was like, you know what? Never mind. And he just drove away. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Which just goes to show that sometimes you have to be a badass. You what just, does it mean to you to be a badass? Just, you just keep you just keep arguing. You just keep saying like, "Okay, we're gonna do it right. You want to do it? Let's do it right. Fine." So that's Lydia's advice to do it right. But I'm gonna cut back to her for the last word because I think it truly is the smartest assessment I've heard on how you should interact with authorities in Mexico. Take it away for that last word, Lydia. In a game of chicken with the Mexican police, you have to be willing to be like, I will pay 5,000 pesos if it comes down to it just to prove you wrong. 
You've been listening to Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Gring X bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. We're blessed with sound engineering by Roy Sierra and a theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Marco Ricos. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, well, I'm sure you'll let us know that too. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Agave Road Trip. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pit Bulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization using the power of education educational storytelling about food to build a more equitable, resilient food system. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network might lead you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If you drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly, drive responsibly, eat responsibly too, and listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio network responsibly wear protective earbuds while wearing protective earbuds do not drive do not walk either sit in a comfortable chair if that comfortable chair has a hard seat please remember to stretch every 30 minutes if you stretch every 30 minutes please stay within your defined stressing capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching if you don't have a doctor maybe dr ryan acock the cocktail md can help you out thanks for listening agave road trip out